Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Hometown Alaska on Alaska Public Media. I am your host, Justin Williams. Somehow I am awake on a Monday morning, and here I am back in the studio. I am super happy to be here with you guys. It is a uh, suspiciously beautiful day, and I'm very, very pleased about that. The sun is shining, the sky is blue. School is out. My daughter got good grades. I can't complain too often. Um, a lot is happening. So I wanted to give a special shout out to all of the teachers out there that survived, all of the professors who survived their 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 students and their kids and their curriculum and, and all of that stuff. Y'all made it. Y'all made it. We'll see y'all next school year. And um, I also wanted to take a quick moment to give a special shout out to uh, a very special someone out there by the name of R.J. Johnson. He passed away quite recently. And um, I knew of him. We met through um, Recover Alaska. I host a show there uh, called First Taste. And he was a guest of ours on our last show. And um, I know he meant a lot to a lot of my friends out there. It's all over social media, and it's a terrible thing to lose a good man like that. And so I know it's a, it's a short show. We only have an hour. And so I wanted to give uh, just 10 quick seconds of silence in his memory. All right, may he rest in peace. And my heart goes out to his friends and family. So thank you for everything that you've done for us, RJ. We'll miss you. Um, that being said, here we all are. We are well. We are happy. And uh, we're not going to take anything for granted today. So that being said, <laughs> let's talk about um, something that means a lot to me as a musician, as a drummer. Um, the Spinard Jazz Fest is coming really, really soon, um, May 31st soon, and this has been going on, if you didn't know, for 15 years? Yeah? Mm -hmm. That's a long time. I don't think I've committed to anything except for breathing oxygen for 15 years straight. Um, and the reason why this means a lot to me is because as a musician who is invested and committed and dedicated to a multitude of genres, I feel like I owe so much to the jazz culture, to jazz musicianship. And um, we have three special guests that I'm going to introduce real quick before we jump into things. Um, am I saying your name right? Ingvil Van Gutu. That's pretty close. That's all right. I think I'll give you a nine and a half out of ten. That's not bad. Really the best score of the morning. Yes. Yeah. All right. That's what I'm talking about. You mm -hmm. are the founding festival director of the Spinard Jazz Festival, and you have been a musician for how long? Do I? That would say how old I am. For mm -hmm. a long time. For a long time. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Never ask a festival director their age. Right. I'm bold. I, I, yeah. I just dive right in. Okay. You know. uh, I would say half a century. All right. That's an amazing achievement. Yeah. My dad taught me to play trumpet. He put me up on the linen chest in our hallway, and he held his trumpet up, and he said, blow like this. And I did. <laughs> and my mother came out of the kitchen, sort of classic, you know, 
gender role moment that mm. was the only one we ever had in our family. She came out with her apron from the kitchen and went, oh, really good. <laughs> and then that's when I became a trumpet player. It was right then and there. Mm-hmm. I like that. That, that is a very... 50 years ago. Oh, my God. I'm moment. out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day. No, we're happy that you're here. Thank you for spending your morning with us. We also have Corinthia Rab here with us. Uh, you're going to be performing at the Jazz Fest. Yes, I am. And, um, oh my gosh, apparently, we're going to get into this a little bit, but apparently she has been bragging on you. Really? About Seattle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Born and raised in Seattle. Okay. Love it, miss it. Okay. Yes. Well. Mm-hmm. And you're you're here, and I'm here. It's here since December sixteenth, nineteen seventy seven. Hey, now, okay, okay. Well, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely, we're happy to have you. Thank you. And we have Mr. Carl Wilhelmy. Wilhelmy, yes. Wilhelmy, yes. I like that name, sir. You do have a good radio voice. Oh. You want to take over my job when I go? Uh, nope. I should. It's a good <laughs> having a voice is one thing. Seriously, yeah. having having the. Smarts and wherewithal to talk on the radio is a different thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think if we merged, we might be the perfect radio host. So we can. I'll take nine thirty to ten. Okay, that sounds okay. good. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good radio host. And you are Just a bookkeeper, the head of the box office and merch sales, and guitarist and bass player, and par excellence, and guitar builder. Yes, oh, wow. you build he's, guitars. He's, All he's of these an things. amazing yes. musician. My goodness, awesome. you're a jack of all trades. Master of none. Master of none. <laughs> All right. I like to hear it. <laughs> so everyone who's listening, this is a live show. So if you have a relationship with jazz, if you love jazz, if you're a musician, if you're a professor, if you're a teacher, or you're just curious, uh, feel free to um, give us a call here. If you're in Anchorage, that number is 907-550-8433, statewide at one 888 353-5752 or shoot us an email at hometown at alaskapublic.org um, We are so happy to have the three of you here and uh, you know the, the history of, of jazz you know has its origins in African American communities like rock and, and hip hop and all sorts of other genres you know it's it's uh, the it's soulful it's um, it's painful mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and I feel like it's really necessary as a precursor to so many modern day genres and offshoots of those genres, um, you know, and having that so alive and well today really gives um, a younger audience the opportunity to look back at the history of it, which goes back centuries. Uh, so why jazz? Hmm. Yes, big question. I want to just also point out, I'm an immigrant. I've been in Alaska for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Before that, I lived in other countries, Canada, Toronto, London, England. But uh, I'm from Norway originally, and uh, I got turned on to, well, there's two two kinds of jazz I got turned on to. One was Louis Armstrong and Ella Fitzgerald mm-hmm. records, the two jazz records my family had. Mm-hmm. Everything else was Haydn, Beethoven, Mozart, because my parents are classical, classical musicians. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but that was and there was absolutely you know and Louis Armstrong came and performed in our local sports hall like wow. in nineteen he died in nineteen seventy so it would have been like sixty nine or something mm-hmm. and uh, but I would say that jazz is like blues uh, it's folk music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what is happening in Europe that a lot of American music music fans and jazz fans are understandably not really super aware of is that um, the Norwegian 
uh, for example, indigenous folk music has a long time ago merged with the sounds um, of American, African-American-based jazz and blues. Mm -hmm. And a lot of musicians, black musicians, would come over for a respite, you know, in 40s and 50s to be treated well, better, as the stars that they were in Europe. And many stayed, uh, many married into, you know, Scandinavian families and so on. And, and, uh, you know, we have, you know, Sony Rollins, for example, in Denmark. And as as just one example, lots of, many people... um, uh, uh, influenced the music in person yeah. as performers come visiting, but also just the music. And so, what I actually what drew, drew me to jazz the first time I just went mm, was a trio called the Magico Trio with Jan Gabrek, who's a Norwegian Czech saxophone player, mm-hmm. uh, Charlie Hayden, who passed, who's a white American bass player, mm-hmm. and the Brazilian guitarist Egberto Gismonti. Um, and that was, to me, that was my turn, my big turn on, my big light, you know, that this is what I, this is the meaning of life. Mm. And that was in 1977 when they were on TV. We didn't have television, but um, uh, but I saw it somewhere, some, somebody else's little television screen mm. and heard it. And it just, it never left me since. And that's when I started buying those kind of records instead of maybe the ones that I was listening to before as mm. an 11 year old uh, so mm-hmm. uh, so why jazz I think it's uh, it, it, it it has now probably got uh, for many people they think of jazz as a sort of slightly intellectual noodly art form where a lot of people play lots of notes because they learned them and they studied them and whatever and there's a sort of like an anti-elitist sort of streak to it and maybe blues or maybe something simpler two chords three chords. Maybe that's kind of more what people prefer. But, you know, really, we are incredibly complex human beings and we're able to listen to and love and understand Mm -hmm. uh, everything. But what has to ring true, I think, is the truth and wanting to communicate something in your music. That's what comes. And all the music is created at first because you have something to say. And going to the root of the creation of the music, I think, is what we've always tried to do at Spinal Jazz Fest. It's a... um, it's a festival for creative music, and it features original music. Mm-hmm. We focus on people writing music specifically for this festival yeah. or showcasing music that they wrote and they rehearsed. So there's a lot of original music yeah. involved. Not all, but, but that's one of our big focuses. Okay. Yeah, I think one of the one of the beautiful things about about modern day jazz is that it's always still so innovative. You know, with other genres. Which you know, I'm not knocking anything, but with so many other genres, at least you know, uh, popular ones, you just hear, uh, you know, kind of regurgitations of what came before, instead of innovations on top of what came before, and you know, with with um, you know, with with African music and African American music, there is so much strength in the repetition of of a certain song, um, of a certain chant, of of something that that is gospel of something that is soul of something that is funk you know um and but i feel like that's kind of gotten tarnished with pop music right and i i like pop music it's fine but the reason why it is is because it focused so much on that very um static 
uh, repetition. It's not necessarily dynamic, and I feel like no, jazz. No, it's a formulaic. It's it formulaic. Is, it's, yes, it's, it's to sell. It's to sell. It's made, it's made to sell, and yeah. it's not made to express. So and, that's a huge difference. And it works, right? It yeah. absolutely mm -hmm. works. But when you when you talk about expression, expression is dynamic. It is not formulaic. It doesn't look or sound or feel the same way every time. It's like a sunset. You've never seen the same exact sunset twice. That's what jazz jazz music is to me. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so I'm a big fan, um, you know, and Anchorage, I, I was born and raised here, right? Mm -hmm. Anchorage is... My heart goes out to you. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Hello, said, everybody. I love Anchorage. She said, so, I'm here. so sorry. For, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, no, you know, I mean, I always tell people, yeah, I was born or I was born here, born and raised here for better or for worse. And I always tell my friends, like, the mountains are right there. The sunset is right there. The sunrise is right over there. You know, it, it it is so hard because it's always in your face. It's so hard to see the beauty of this place sometimes. If something is right in your face all the time. You just take it for granted. And I, I've really been trying to step outside of that shell. I've been thinking about where I live, which is right by Spinard. And it's it I've I've seen it. I've been viewing it in such a beautiful, different way. And it really helps me appreciate it so much more. Like Anchorage is just such an eclectic place. And Spinard in particular, we're talking about, you know, Chilkoot Charlie's is right there. Uh, the Drip, which is, uh, you know, the only Black-owned coffee hut in the city, or at least the first. Um, you know, back in the day, the Space Station Arcade was there. REI used to be there. It's just a, it's a, it's a, an eclectic space. And I feel like it is a wonderful representation for the diversity of the entire city, you know. And um, I, I wanted to direct this question to you, Corinthia. Because you you're not from here, right? No, I'm not. So you probably have a particular, you know, or you're not either. But 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 I feel like you have a particular um, perspective on this, quite possibly. Is what do you think the relationship between jazz and this city is? Wow, um, I think it's a relationship of discovery. Mm. Yeah, it's really I can't. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a relationship of discovery because I don't think they really understand, as far as the general public, what jazz is right. and how it comes from the soul, how it helped us to live and function. Mm -hmm. So I think we're discovering that more and more, and then thanks to Enville, mm -hmm. you know, who's opening the door for that to happen. Yeah, we're learning. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it's educational. Yes, it is. You know, it is good for the soul. I feel like it's. Um, Cleansing. Mm -hmm. It's I, a voice. Yeah. It's a voice. It's emotion. It's expression, and I think that's, yeah, it's it's poetry in of itself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's the best kind of music I think that there is. Uh, the culture too, right? We we talk about music all the time. Uh, when we when we talk about um, like hip hop, I, I think you know we we talk about the music, but we forget the culture. Mm -hmm. We talk mm -hmm. about punk. We talk about the music, but we don't talk about the culture. And I feel like there's there's so much culture with jazz as well. Um, and so, Carla, I wanted to direct this to you. Uh, what does jazz specifically, what does it mean to you? To me? We've kind of dove into that a little bit, but I get, what does it mean to you? Well, it's three things. It's joy, it's creativity, and it's freedom. Mm -hmm. And 
it's a type of music that I started listening to because I heard it on records. Mm -hmm. I didn't hear live jazz until I was probably in my late 20s. Right. So I heard it through the, the sounds that came on records, and I liked what I heard. Um, and so that's that was without any historical context. Obviously, you just hear what's coming through it, and sometimes you get a little background from looking at the the record, uh, the you know, labels or the the covers. But I loved the sounds that I heard, mm -hmm. and the more I realized how intertwined it was with American history, mm -hmm. um, the more I came to appreciate it. Yeah. And the interesting thing about jazz is, uh, I would kind of disagree with Ingvill. Most people think of jazz as elevator music these days. Right. It's something you hear, it kind of noodles, noodles in the background. But jazz came out of mostly um, communities that want something to celebrate. Mm. Right, and so this is what they use. This was it was dance music, mm -hmm. like a lot of other mm -hmm. music, like classical music started out as dance music during the Renaissance in sure. Europe, and got developed into these longer forms that were more, as Ingvall said, intellectualized. Yeah, and jazz has followed much that same journey. But at the root, I think of most good jazz or the jazz I like to listen to, is the dance, mm -hmm. and it's that music you can move to and also appreciate with your head. You can appreciate with your body and your head. So it's that sense of freedom to do basically whatever you want because although a lot of jazz uses standard song forms, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things like um, when I listen to Jan Garbarek, he's not using a 32-bar song form. Mm -hmm. He's just, it's much more free form than that. Mm -hmm. So it's such mm -hmm. a big envelope that that's what attracts me to it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think that's great. Um, do you think that, hmm, because there is such a thing as structure within jazz, do you think rigidity has a place in jazz music? I don't know, the way you say that makes it sound like, ooh, no, rigidity, that's something. But rigidity, <laughs> Absolutely not, there'd be no rigidity here, no, 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 no. <laughs> we're, although we're in this building because of rigidity. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're, we're able to, to live in this building because of rigidity. So, I mean, it's, that's kind of a, a kind of a open question. It is. Well, we like form. We like yes. structure. I do. Yes. I like form and structure, but there's also that beautiful freedom within it. Right. Um, so. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's a it, for me as a, when I was because I grew up with classical music and my whole family really brought. There's three generations of, of high achieving classical music, and now I have a niece who no, I have a yeah, a relative, a 15 year old girl who's a prodigy and a violin player, and mm -hmm. you know everyone's gooey eyed over that because it's so. And I I wanted to be a, a I wanted to play trumpet in a symphony orchestra. I did as a kid. Eventually, it was just like, I love the orchestral music. Excuse me. <clears throat> I love Mahler and uh, and uh, Mozart. And, you know, I had role models like that. You know, it's hard to live up to. And then, so, and there are very few role models for a female Trump player. At least there were zero in the 70s. Mm. And uh, so... Um, I, the the freedom that I found was also very much like I'm all about structure really, but I just want to step out of it. So like you say, you you have the structure there so that you can show that you can play with it, 
And yes, I do like there is free form, free improv, and I've done a bunch of free improv myself, and it's great. But it doesn't matter. Our minds, if you if you're looking at just from a sort of a, a neurological standpoint, mm-hmm. we are we understand ourselves and and our surroundings and our lives through finding patterns. And and uh, and either we like following them because we are sheep and we like to and we want to feel safe, mm-hmm. or maybe we just don't want to work hard that day. You know, whatever <laughs> it is, good good reason. Uh, or we're kind of more rebellious or more uh, just you know we're breathing mm-hmm. human beings. And you see it with animals too. There are certain things, certain standard, certain things that they always do, and then they actually improvise. So I think the the dichotomy there is really clever to to uh, point out mm-hmm. uh, rigidity or yeah call it structure. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, if we agree on if we have consensus on that word yes uh, yeah and that's the other thing a consensus where there's tremendous freedom that's one yes. thing I find myself personally struggling with when I play and when I work is the letting go part uh, when I'm with others it's a negotiation mm. when you play in jazz it's a very democratic thing because you're just saying this is what we're gonna start with and then we're just going to let everyone, we're going to watch and listen very carefully. Listen. Mm. Listening is the key. You listen and then you feel and you go, okay, I'm going to let this person. And then I'm going to start being with them, mm-hmm. playing. Whether it is a, a structure that's a 32-bar thing or whether it's, whatever it is, it's a total dialogue and a companionship in that time when you make them the music. And that's an attitude. Yeah. And that's... I think is at the heart of jazz that there's openness, generosity. You can find it in many other situations in music making, but it's absolutely key. And then the audience comes away also because the audience are part of the music making. Mm. Everybody comes away going, "Wow," mm-hmm. because it's it happened. So that is, I think, the key of it. Okay. I know that was beautifully said. Yes. Um, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like a a healthy relationship. You know, it sounds like I know your love language and so I know how to communicate with you. Mm. Right? And I know how to receive the love language that you're trying to give me. Mm. I have to trust you mm. to know what I need mm. in the moment. Um on Spinard, the old I don't know what in the world kind of building it is now. It used to be the taproot. Yeah, it's a church. It's a church now. Mm. That's really that's really cool. It was a couple of things uh, before it was a, a church. A lot of things I could rent it off. Not the old the old taproot. It's the old Church of Love. No, not you're the talking, Church of Love. No, There's another taproot. one. I remember the. Are we going to do city go, city yeah. gossip? It was a fly by night club. Fly by night yes. club. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, now yeah, a church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is it church? It's a church. They bought it. It is. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Everybody smile. They the church bought the bar. Okay. Yeah. We're so hey, happy think... about it. We're really, really, really happy about it. <laughs> it's great. I think it's Amen. a great space. I think it's a wonderful it's a, space. It's the and best I, and... space. And now the church has it. Mm-hmm. A church has it. <laughs> and we're really happy about it. I mean, I can't tell you how happy I am about that. It's fantastic. No comment. Right? She's like, no comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I remember when it was the taproot. And, and you know, the taproot, before then, it was a tiny little space over on Huffman, right? And so mm-hmm. when they moved into this bigger space, you know... Me and my friends in college, we would always go there, you know, for the jazz jams and the blues jams, and they would just invite random people from the audience to play. Mm-hmm. And as a drummer, whenever they invite me up there, it was a very difficult thing because I'm more accustomed to, um, you know, uh, like more modern rock when it comes to 
uh, drumming because it's very simple. It's very rigid. It's very structured. It's so mm-hmm. simple. Um, but going up there was a challenge. We didn't read no sheet music. You had to feel it. You had to communicate without uh-huh. co- without talking. And I did not have to do I barely had to do that with any other type of performance uh, in any other genres. And so that was extremely challenging. So I love the fact that we're able to talk about that um, because I understand that fully. It is it mm. is it really is a relationship with the people that you have on stage. Um, and with that, we are going to take a short break. This is Hometown Alaska, if you're just tuning in. Um, I'm your host, Justin Williams, and we're talking about jazz and the Spinard Jazz Festival and our city's relationship to the culture. Our guests today are Sorin- our, uh, Corinthia Rab, um, Carl Wilhelmi, and Ingville Van Gudu. And um, if you're in town, feel free to give us a call at 907-550-8433. Statewide, 1-888-353-572, or shoot us an email at hometown at alaskapublicmedia.org. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Hometown Alaska from Alaska Public Media. For more information about this episode, visit us online at alaskapublic.org. The conversations you hear on Hometown Alaska are focused on the needs and voices of Alaskans, and the generosity of Alaskans brings them to you. Join your neighbors and become a member of your public radio station today. Welcome back to Hometown Alaska. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Justin Williams, and we're talking about the Spinard Jazz Festival and jazz itself and the city's relationship to the culture. And our guests today are Corinthia Rabb, Carl Wilhelmi, and Ingvil Van Guru. So if you're listening, this is a live show. We'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, do you like jazz music? Do you play jazz music? Are you planning on attending the Spinard um, Jazz Fest, which is on May 31st through June 5th, and I hope that you are. Feel free to give us a call and let us know. If you're in Anchorage, that's 907-550-8433, statewide at 1-888-353-5752, or if you're in front of a computer, go ahead and email us at hometown at alaskapublic.org. So we're just having a blast here talking about jazz. Ingville, you wanted to make a comment on something that I said a little bit earlier. Yeah, I thought you said a lot of good things. I uh, wanted to uh, comment also on or offer my observation. What can happen sometimes in, we're talking about the language and the listening and how, how you sort of develop uh, a, a certain social ability in music uh, to be together on stage or in a room, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that it's really important that that gets taught or gets allowed to flourish. It's part of mu- music education. Mm-hmm. And it I, hopefully it could be in, in the, uh, in, within any style of music and not just music that has this a sort of 
part of its trademark to be improvisational and open, but like all music is really an all existence. It's about listening as mm -hmm. much as more. And cultures, you know, some cultures are really big on listening and mm -hmm. listen more than you talk and others are not. Um, and what I also think is, uh, the other thing I was going to say is that then the, the meaningful, the, the level of meaningfulness, if that's something, it comes to like the creative to be facilitating creation is a big part of what I think, you know, music educators, all educators need to do. And you mm -hmm. were giving a shout out to the teachers. So here's another one, you know, a, a, allow for this to be new and for not don't try to copy everything that's been before. And I do think that sometimes a style like jazz and others, uh, it is a victim, like most things, I think, of, of people trying to define it and then pass it on in a sort mm. of, here, look in this box, this is what jazz is. And and what I find a lot happen, for example, here, where jazz did not start in Alaska, right? right? And so there's a lot of people don't feel the entitlement to be creative and recreate on top of what they already know. And that's actually a big part of my personal purpose. And with with not just starting, I didn't start the festival because I wanted that to happen, but that's one of my drives that was in, imbued. The festival vibe is imbued with that as far as I what, what I can influence mm -hmm. is that giving people full, uh, you know, and encouraging people, give them full entitlement and, and allow them to do something new step outside of it it's not, you're not here to fulfill a brief mm. at all uh, th that's not what it is it's not a, like a history little presentation box you know mm. we're going to play swing we're going to play bebop we're going to this all of that is great but you know often i think that it sort of stops there well we've we've done it now look i played this but did anything happen Mm -hmm. Like nothing happened. I'm. It wasn't really music, as far as I'm concerned. It was. Mm. It could have been uh, just a picture of it or theory. It's just theory. So that's and that sounds like I'm dissing on people who are playing and trying to do the best they can. I, I'm not, but they haven't made it happen for me. So I'm just letting them know. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm dead over here. Nothing's happening. So could you please like come out of your box and play for me? Yeah. You know, and that's not meant to be aggressive or anything. It's like, no, come on. You know, hey, mm -hmm. look up the sun, up the sun, down the mountains, you, the world, the person next to you. Like, and and I think possibly COVID taught us how theoretical and dead and not connected we could be and now I feel like everyone's like unwittingly exploding into more communion like that so I'm hoping that we're going to see a lot more sort of vibe and life in the music making that we have as well as everywhere else so that was my short comment on that thanks for listening <laughs> oh no mm. thank you I, you know yeah and, and that was one of my questions I actually had uh COVID was really weird for everyone. Yes. Right? 2020 yes. was an interesting year, for better or for worse. Uh, for most people, I would say collectively, yeah, it was for the worst. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, what? So what happened with the Jazz Fest in 2020? Did it happen? Yeah, it totally did. We yeah, we took a we took a big breath and we agreed on the spot that we weren't going to cancel anything that we were going to go fully online. And mm -hmm. uh, we were going to keep it open to possibly be uh, live. We had like a, a code red, code orange and code green and mm -hmm. code green never happened and we had one event that was code orange. That meant that people were in the same room together, mm -hmm. but the entire we became a TV show. Mm -hmm. And it was 
every day for three weeks instead of five, six days as we have now, because we had 40 acts. We typically have about 40, 30, 40. Now it's almost 50 this year, uh, if not more. And uh, so we, instead of having everyone crammed into like a number of days, we need to spread them out because you can't ask people to sit in front of the Zoom screen for 12 hours. Like we are asking people to come and (laughs) hang out potentially with us at the Nave for, you know, for for 12 hours next Mm. Saturday, the 4th of June. And so we have that kind of, uh, uh, you know, program. So we did two acts, didn't we? Every, I believe so. Yeah, and we learned how to, uh, we were the first festival in Anchorage, and we then did a bunch of advising to other festivals. All the major festivals contacted us and said, what did you do? How did you do it? So we learned a program called Wirecast. We, you know, our videographer kind of, you know, taught himself, and that's now his main, I think, one of his main sources of income. Mm-hmm. And so we just sort of went, Let's, we're not going to make it beat us, and we did absolutely every single act in either pre-recorded video version or live uh, streaming a lot of interviews and we had many more people you know tuning in from acro- around the country but for that reason okay. and we discovered that we we could build a worldwide audience so that's what happened and i'm pretty mm. proud of that i thought it was a great challenge and we met it yeah i think that um <clears throat> we're still streaming by the way now because of it like most performing groups mm-hmm. okay. so uh, so you but, have the live element and the streaming element. yeah okay. so the people still some people aren't comfortable we're doing a lot of outdoor events this year because mm-hmm. of that reason we've even bought our own stage in our own tents so we can move around and uh and so yeah the when you look on our website you can you can uh, see kind of a combination of outdoor events most of them are outdoor and mm-hmm. then a big space event that where people can space out comfortably mm-hmm. and then we are streaming the entire our final weekend of the show and that's the bulk of our offering um so yeah there's there's opportunities for everyone to see it even now i love that um yeah i I think it does take um a lot of um well i mean it just it just you have to be really mindful and really thoughtful about about things like that especially when you have no desire to cancel because people are you know, a little, a little weird about this stuff, and and I don't mean you know, in a bad way, right? Um, I I go to the gym, I still wear a mask, uh, and I'm probably the only one there who has a mask mm. on, and so I'm the weird one. And it's like, hey, I'm okay with that, mm, yeah, you're you know. Good. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 a wonderful uh, challenge. I love that word. It is definitely a good challenge, and I'm glad that it was met by you guys. Um, and we kind of tapped into this a little bit, you know, um, you, you just kind of spoke into it a little bit. But um, I do want to talk about the festival. I mean, as the founding director, uh, 15 years, first of all, huge. That is wonderful, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- why did you feel Alaska needed this? Yeah, oh, it's me again. Yeah. Anyone well, can chip in, but I'm looking yeah. at you. Ms. No, I would founding actually director. love to hear from... Carl and Corinthia, not yeah, in whichever order, why they still are here. <laughs> but I can tell you very quickly how it started. Yeah. Uh, I was looking for friends. Okay. I came here with a theater troupe. I did some theater work, and then I wanted to be a musician mm-hmm. again, was I was all the time. But I wanted to swap, swap my you know, switch to to music. And I started, and I started playing with some people. And we, uh, there were a group of us that were doing different kinds of gigs around the place. And we realized that 
all of us were composers. All of us had uh, original music and none of us were playing it because there was mm. absolutely nowhere for that music to be heard. Yeah. The gigs, the, the jams were happening. You don't play original music on a jam because nobody right. knows it. Right. Then you go to Sullivan's or something like that and they say, shh, shh. Mm-hmm. Don't play so loud. Don't play so loud. Please don't put the mute in that trumpet and just play with your, you know, snare with your, you know, your, your whiskers, mm-hmm. I call them. And um, and so there wasn't a place. And we we did have, we, had, we were eight people. It was Carl Posh, who is a music man owner. It was myself. It was Cameron Cartlin, who is a drummer in town. Uh, I know Cameron, was, yeah. Yeah, Eric Noyu, who is now working in Congress and working as an assistant for one of the Congress uh, people there. It was um, uh, Marion Call, who lives in Juneau, is an amazing Mm -hmm. uh, musician. And um, then it was uh, John Danberg, of course, who is the grandfather of jazz in in Anchorage. Uh, And uh, um, oh, darn. I mean, there's two more, and I'm just kind of I'm getting stage fright now, so I'm forgetting them. But we were eight of us, and and we, uh, oh yeah, Liz, yeah, she's not around, it, and uh, yeah, so we we sat there. Oh, Joe Craig, of course. Mm-hmm. So he's also a very kind of you know long-standing figure and get wonderful guitarist in town. So we just sat around afterwards at a gig at Organic Oasis, and I said, "Oh, we all have an hour's worth of material. Why don't we just play here at Organic Oasis an hour each?" That's eight hours. That's a whole day. We could call it the Spinard Jazz Fest or something, yeah. and uh, and we can all play for each other because we all do. So we just let's just rehearse, and we booked you know ourselves in the UAA a couple of weekends and rehearsed our each other's tunes. Yeah. It was a really cool, fun festival thing. We had that idea in kind of mid-April, and it said we just looked okay. When can we do it? And it was very kind of fervor, you know, and. Uh, yeah, and it was the one hot day. That's my best memory. <laughs> Rubbing up against sweaty people inside Organic Oasis. <laughs> Don't tell this to the police, but we sold 230 tickets, and that capacity there is about 90. So, um, you know, it was over <laughs> over eight hours. But I, I think it's like 15 years ago, and no one's going to come and arrest us. But no. it was magical, and everyone was like, this, you have to do this again. And, you know, it yeah. sort of grew from there. Okay. So that was the story of it. It it was, you know, so that we could play original material, like I said, and so that Ingville could have some more friends. There you go. <laughs> but I don't know why you think it has value. Corinthia. I don't know how often do you get to feel the music. Mm. Like with jazz, you really get to feel it. I mean, we've got, and I'm not knocking all the new stuff that, you know, young kids like and all that, but jazz just reaches you on the inside so different. First of all, it's actually people playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, no synthesizer or turntables or anything. Yeah. It's people using their talent yeah. to play. Mm-hmm. And then it reaches. And they, yeah, they do it good. It reaches inside of you. And people want to be reached. Mm-hmm. They want right. to feel that connection. So, yeah, I love jazz. I love jazz. I, I hmm. Yeah, I come from a very musical family, so it's like mm. they introduced us to a lot of. Um, my father was really into learning to appreciate something from every culture, opera, okay. all that good mm. stuff, and stuff. And I had a couple. Oh, do I tell it? My, hey, whenever he is prompting you, you <laughs> can you can blow it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I got to. I have an uncle. Well, I had an uncle. He passed away, but um, mm. he asked, he was in a group called. Um, 
the Velvet Toes. Okay. Back in Seattle when he first started. Luther Rab. Everyone should just like Google him. I know. Google Luther Rab. Okay. Um, he was with the Velvet Toes. He was actually best friends with Jimi Hendrix, and they hung out at the wow. house a lot. So my mom would cook for them all the time. But but that was the intro to, like, the music and mm-hmm. hearing my uncles talk about it and then listening to the rehearsals. And, um, yeah, that it was really, it was just that soul-reaching right. kind of thing. And that grabbed me right away. And I think I was, like, three or four years old mm-hmm. and fell in love with music, all of it. And then I think my uncle ended up actually being friends with Carlos Santana. Hey. So and he's done some work with him. And, then, and that's who took care of him until he passed away. Wow. Yeah, so it's in there. It's all like it's dump, all dump, in dump, there. Yeah, it's all in there, and it's just been awesome. And then to meet Enville with her mm-hmm. very talented self and what she's done for the Spinar community. Yeah, we need it to feel. We need to. We need that mm-hmm. as as well as we need water, food, air. Mm-hmm. We need that. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. would say I would agree. It's that important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to be able to feel it. You know, I, I, you know, we we COVID. I feel like <laughs> I keep going back to COVID, but that was such an eye-opening year, twenty twenty, mm-hmm. uh, physically, spiritually, politically. It was For a sure. big year. It showed us who we were. It showed us who we were. It showed it them who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it it was such a dividing time. Yes, so polarizing. You couldn't say one right thing. You had someone had to fight with you about something, you know. And I realized, you know, I'm a sociology major at UAA. But I don't know how my, all my friends end up being music majors. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but um, you know, I realized it's like thinking of society and thinking of who we are. Uh, we already weaponize the beautiful things that make us different, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we weaponize them and we use them as tools to try to control aspects of our lives. And that gives us a false sense of security. Um, but it causes oppression and hatred and a uh, lack of empathy for, you know, your your neighbor. Um, one of the things that I realized about 2022 is, or 2020 as well is uh, there are just like a couple of things that always bring us back to the table collectively mm-hmm. regardless of all the division mm-hmm. and i feel like music music's one of those things yeah you know um we're always going to need food right so food a, a good home cooked meal is one of those things yes Lord. and music <laughs> yes, Lord. music is one of those things definitely right um so i absolutely agree with you i think man we it's needed now more than ever and it was needed 15 years ago and it's needed today mm-hmm. um so, Carl, what's your take on this? And how did I get involved in yeah. this crazy thing? <clears throat> well, I actually missed the first couple years of, of Jazz Fest, and okay. then I got invited to play in some of the in a band or two okay. to do some backup and, and help out. And I enjoyed it, and I loved the idea of it, mm-hmm. uh, a homegrown festival mm. devoted to jazz. Mm. And so there's, I've been involved with a couple of uh, uh, volunteer arts organizations, uh, Dancing Bears in Town, uh, Anchorage Folk Festival, mm-hmm. and then Spinar Jazz Fest. And I realized that after time, the people who had that original creative energy to start it, they sort of, they sort of find that they've done their part 
and it's time to for them to move on to new things. Right. And so at that time, I realized, well, if you want something to continue, you have to step up. If you want a community, right. you have to make the community. Right. right. And so I just figured this is my time to step up and see what I could do. Okay. And uh, that's when I said, okay, I'll help out. You know, we, we all need we need leaders, yeah. but we need followers too. Right. So I said, tell me something to do. And and usually in most most of the organizations I've seen. Um, for some reason, it's the money handling and the money dealing with money is something yeah, no one's really interested in doing. So I said, oh, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's as simple as that. Okay. And so I keep track of ticketing and I'll, I'll, I will correct you, correct you on one thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Smart Jazz Fest is part of uh, an umbrella arts organization called Northern Culture Exchange. Northern Culture Exchange. And uh, so that they provide us with a lot of structure and resources. Mm-hmm. And among them is a bookkeeper. So I'm not actually the bookkeeper. I'm just, I just help track the money, keep track of ticketing, and, sure. and deal with those aspects, bring a cash box yeah. uh, to events, just to keep, make things flow smoothly and right. do my part. Okay. Yeah. I like that. That's it's an extremely important job. Mm-hmm. And isn't it interesting how the best leaders are the best followers? Yeah. If you mean they lead by example, yeah, and they do they Follow do the work, yeah. they do the work, yeah, and that's that's <laughs> that's very inspirational about Ingville because she just didn't set it off and, and let it go, and she mm-hmm. she continues to be she has the guiding force, and we need that. We need people who have that vision. We do. I mean, I'll admit I don't have a whole lot of vision, but I'm willing to show up. <laughs> yeah. I'm willing to show up and work. And you have to be a good listener then. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, listening. Yeah, absolutely. So. That's yeah. awesome. Well, I'm glad that you guys have all stepped up to the plate, <clears throat> and Alaska needs it. I tell you that much right now. So if you're listening, uh, this is Hometown Alaska and Alaska Public Media. I'm your host, Justin Williams, with guest Corinthia Rabb, Carl Wilhelmi, and Ingville Van Gutu. And we are talking about the Spinard Jazz Fest and jazz culture and our lovely relationship with it. Feel free to give us a call if you're on Anchorage at 907-550-8433, statewide at one 888 353-5752, or feel free to email us at hometown at alaskapublic.org. We are going to take a short break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Hometown Alaska on Alaska Public Media. You can find Hometown Alaska on alaskapublic.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Hometown Alaska. Uh, this is your host, Justin Williams, and I am here with Ingville Vant. Vant? See, now it's just getting worse. See, now. <laughs> just, let's just Ingvil say. Ingville Vatengutu. Vaten. You know, uh, okay, so Vaten. your predecessor, would, she would just say Ingville, and I became Ingville. It's actually how I just cut out Vatengutu from my name. I noticed, yeah, like yeah. your branding is just Ingville. Yeah, you, because, uh, and I actually started right in this studio. Okay. Kathleen McCoy was just saying Ingville because she she, she preferred knew. to she <laughs> preferred to just stop right there, and then <laughs> and everyone else was introduced with full names and then it kept going and then Ingville and then it sort of so okay. you're um, up there with Madonna yeah, and, that, yeah. Adele yeah. Beyonce you know yeah. it's, it's wow okay I'll take it I'll pronounce their wrong their names wrong too if it helps yeah. 
Yeah. Beyonce and Adele. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. No, I'm fine. Uh, it's great. Yes. Thank, okay. It's great to be here. Thank you for having Absolutely. us. It's a very interesting conversation. I hope people are enjoying it because it's uh, we don't always get to talk about this in this way. One, no, we don't. Which is great. One thing we should probably talk yeah. about is how, how Spinar Jazz Fest has changed. Yeah. It's become a little bit more of a big tent. Mm. Uh, and if you're interested in... You may say, well, I don't like swing jazz or I don't like, I don't think I like jazz. Mm -hmm. If you go to the website, which is Mm -hmm. spinardjazzfest.org, and look at the schedule, I think you'll find there's something for everything. It's not just uh, a swing time. Yes. Uh, We also have some shows at Vans. Yeah, we've got two shows at Vans, 2nd and 3rd of June, four bands all together. We have really everything from, um, uh, from, Youth youth groups to Mozambique guitar hero. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's covers everything. Yeah. We've got African music. We've got um, uh, Norwegian. Uh, we've got uh, uh, yeah. A- we've really, got acapella we've got music. Acapella music. We've got uh, how would you say Trinity? Just. Oh my gosh! Yeah, her own music. Her Trinity. own music. Trinity we got music. her own music. Yeah. Trinity was going to be here today, but the microphone broke, so we so, went yeah. off. And it's, <laughs> it's not all originals anymore. That Spinard Jazz Fest did get away from that a, a number of years ago because, um, because why, Ingvill? Well, well I, I didn't actually hear what we got away from. All original music, only oh, original yeah. music. Yeah. Well, actually, I can tell you, there's always been a creative. It was kind of an Ingvill festival for many years, right? right? So it's like because you say so to keep it fresh, and it was just like, a, oh yeah, this is one of the things I do. Mm-hmm. So for at least the first eight, nine years, it was maybe not the very first year, but then sort of after that, I kind of took it and then so I do other art forms as well I, you know I'm a, I have a theater background and I like you know spoken word and dance and you write music for dance so we, we really panned out and became a community festival and I'd love for to, for that uh, those elements to come back in again but mm-hmm. for a number of years also musicians were saying to me hey can we just focus on the music because we feel like you know it's easier to so there's just about how many it's talking about big tent you know what does the tent look like and how big is it and that has to do with how many people um how many people are um uh, involved and then uh, why did it not just have original music well it became original creativity within we did collaborations you know we created poetry readings we created mm. dance shows we created all kinds of things and that that we've, we you know it was just what was happening naturally mm. for us organically again back to the thing the music is a result of what's happening in the community and then there's really a, a portion of folks that would like to come and hear somebody that they've heard of Right. Outside, right. and there's not that much music presented in this way. But here's the thing: this is a musicians' festival. Believe it or not, it doesn't mean that if you're listening and you don't think you can even play the recorder, you're not welcome. No, right. but we who put it on, everyone in the committee, everyone who's doing anything, and everyone who's sponsoring us, actually, they're all musicians. So we are sponsored mm. by, you know, Atwood Foundation, Rasmussen Foundation, the Arts Council, uh, the um, the Community Foundation. All the people, our contacts, the key folks in those organizations that are closely working with us are themselves also musicians and singers. Mm-hmm. And everyone's basically a music practitioner. Most people have 
you know, music and the like. Yeah. But so we're trying to have a festival that will also grow us as musicians. Right. So we're inviting people to come from outside who would like to work with us, to inspire us, we'll inspire them. Uh, so there's that kind of, it's a very, we don't hire somebody just because we think they're going to sell a lot of tickets at the pack or something. You know, it's like we, we're not that kind of presenting business. Mm-hmm. We are a creation, creative inspiration, professional development, all of that festival. As a byproduct, you get to come and hear awesome music. Absolutely. And of course, being, uh, as we've talked about now, you're improvising, you're creating, whatever. You are actually creating no matter what you play. So get back to Carl's question to me, why, why is it not all original music, meaning why is it not all composed by Alaskans anymore? A lot of it is. Mm-hmm. But in the moment you're making music, you're also a creative person. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the, it, we, we have to... Re- and there's some amazing musicians in this town who have never written a piece or at least wouldn't perform any of the things that they've written. And you can't like, sort of... I, I, it was never in my mind to exclude them. But it was always like, because we're looking at structure and, and story, how do we tell the story if it says originals only? There were some musicians that felt it wasn't for them. Yeah. I can't believe how literal people are in this place, you know? Oh, no, but that's not for me because, you know, or oh, why couldn't I... Well, you didn't ask. You know, it's just like get up there and... So, so, you know, we have to kind of just find ways. Mm-hmm. And even calling it Bernard and calling it jazz, we have yearly conversations right. because we're not confined to the right. regions of the electorate district. Is right. there a law that says you can't call it? And why is it jazz fest and not like creative music fest or whatever? Mm-hmm. And I can answer that right away, that a jazz festival, in my experience, everywhere else is a festival with all kinds of creative music. Absolutely. So it's, it is by definition that so people should know that if they mm-hmm. don't know it they need to travel more and go to <laughs> jazz festivals and realize that Beyonce and Adele and Adele <laughs> they're all there right yeah. so uh, you know but yeah yes. so anyway that that's kind yeah. of what the festival is and we we start with house concert you know that's the other thing that we're doing yeah it's your uh, your perf- no none of us are performing at them but yeah we've got a house concert um, on the thirty first with. Uh, with um, Albino Mbia, who's from Mozambique but lives in, he came to Berkeley on a on a where you went, mm-hmm. right? Um, on a full African scholarship, he was the first African musician who got a full scholarship to Berkeley, <clears throat> and he now lives in in Boston and teaches. And he brings a trio. Uh, he was here before. Why is he the one who comes to Alaska? It, because he came. Uh, to the uh, Rock Ock Festival in mm. in Juneau in November, and met with Cameron, who's right. our co-festival director, and and they got talking, and Cameron invited him, and it'd be awesome. He's really looking forward to coming. Mm. And then Endless Field is another headliner. I met them in New York. They they do music in nature. They've mm. done amazing music videos from Utah, from the desert there, and uh, and they want to do an album next year. So we, in Alaska, so we said come up and we'll do make it a two year partnership. And Mm-hmm. And, you know, let you meet everybody, fly around a bit, and we're going to Homer after the festival. We're doing a concert down there. They're going to hike to Green Glacier, you know, and we're just going to kind of show them. So there's this sort of exchange, right? And making it again, creating original, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's. And then another headliner is, of course, the drummer man who I've wanted to have up here ever since we started and now it's finally happening is Ed Littlefield mm-hmm. who you know is, is Sitka originally but has moved to a bigger city because he wanted to survive right. being a jazz musician <laughs> good good, good for him good for everyone who's surviving mm-hmm. being just jazz musicians yeah. and then comes so those are the ones that we sort of bring in 
and also we have a group from other parts of the state with Juno, with Fairbanks, and and you know even outside Bernard. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I should probably mention since we're talking about originals that we we printed uh, two years ago. We we published a, a book called Alaska Real Book. Okay, and that's a whole other thing that we don't have time to talk about. But it's it's based on the real book that was that's the Bible that all jazz musicians learn from. Mm. And, you know, feel free to interrupt me here, Carl, because I've been talking a lot now. You uh, do it so well, though. No, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. This is like, yeah. how do they get you to do the work? They just do it. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, you've, you've got work in there, Corinthia. I do. I mm. have work in there. Carl has work mm -hmm. in there. 52 Alaskan composers have work in that book. That's magnificent. And it's out in all the schools. It's, it's going to be in a, every, we hope, every school with a music department or without a music department because yeah. they should get one in the <laughs> yeah. state, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that people can learn Alaskan-made music. Again, right. not to reproduce it, but to know, to be proud of where they come from, yeah. have a sense of place and sense of music originating. And if that, that intrigues you, one of our events is a Wednesday night jam oh, at yeah. the Nave, yes. featuring mm -hmm. tunes from the Real Book, from the Alaska Real Book. Wow. Yeah. Uh, there'll be a house band there, the Spinard Jazz Fest Messengers. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then it's going to be fairly free form, but we'll we'll perform some of the songs from the yeah. from the from the book. And then anyone can come and mm -hmm. a band. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. We, we're really excited about it because there's a, a, a full open invitation to anyone who wants to play, whether they have prepared stuff or they want to just jam along, whatever. And, okay. and along with that, we talk about ticketing, but several of the events that we have are free of char are free of charge. Mm -hmm. uh, the Jam Jazz on Wednesday being one, and the, the Grand uh, uh, First Friday in, held in conjunction with the museum is another free event. That's, and that's where Corinthia will be. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be an amazing uh, yes. event. Uh, basically starting about 4 o'clock on Friday, the second, third. 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 Um, we'll have music at the, at the museum. They have allowed us to uh, use their space, and we'll have an outdoor concert on the lawn, and, and then we'll have indoor concerts all over in different parts of the gallery, and it's more than just a concert. It's not a performance. Mm -hmm. The musicians Inst there... Installations. We are installations. musical installations, jazz they're, installations. They're going to be <laughs> responding takeover. to the artwork around them and to the people yes, there. That's radical. Um, mm -hmm. So that. it will be fun. It'll be in all the galleries, and then at... So that'll be from 6 to 7, and at 7 o'clock down in the main atrium, we'll have uh, an act at 7, which will be a pipeline vocal project, which mm -hmm. is stunning. If you haven't heard that, they're amazing. They're great. And then wow. 8 o'clock, I believe it's Ed Littlefield, yep, late, late of Sitka, but now of Seattle. Yeah, right. exactly. And then, so, yeah. Nice. And that's completely free, so you can go and hear, oh, gosh, yeah, a six lot hours of, of wonderful music. Absolutely. Yeah. And Corinthia, what's your, are you performing that day? Yeah, I'll be singing. Hey. A portion yeah. of the museum. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We did a walkabout, didn't we? Yes, we, we did. We sort of started, uh, I've done a couple of walkabouts with artists, and we're sort of in the process of placing people and, and yeah, putting yeah. them out there. Which is which is wonderful, because if you haven't been to the museum in a while, it oh is a gosh. stunning space. Yes, it, it is. It is it's beautiful. A, yeah. It's amazing. It is. It's it completely is. transformed. And so and we are so happy yeah. that they're allowing us to, to share that space. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining me here this morning. For everyone joining us, thank you so much for being here and listening to our conversation about the Spinard Jazz Fest here in Alaska. And again, uh, you know, go to uh, spinardjazzfest.org, and that's going to be happening uh, May 31st through June 5th. I'm your host, Justin Williams. Our audio engineer today is Tobin Shelby. Have a blessed day, and we will see you next time. Take care. Thank you.
Hometown Alaska is a production of Alaska Public Media, which is solely responsible for its content. Views expressed are those of the participants and not necessarily those of Alaska Public Media, this station, or its underwriters. Hometown Alaska's theme song, Lead Dog, is by Kevin Barnett from Eagle River. Learn more about Hometown Alaska and listen online at alaskapublic.org. This is Alaska Public Media.